0: Welcome to Let's Clear the Air, a podcast sponsored by the Allergy Asthma and Sinus Center, dedicated to educating listeners about allergies, asthma, and immunology.
1: Welcome back for another episode of Let's Clear the Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Plemons. Thanks, Dr. Kalinski, for just being here today.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been an incredible experience so far, just getting you know into the swing of things and, and helping everybody. Uh, we're about to approach the spring, and so spring allergy season's about to come through. I think we'll be seeing a lot more patients then. So I just look forward to the opportunity to help more people.
1: Yeah, so what do you expect from a patient when they're coming in as a new patient? And how do you go ahead and get the skin test going?
0: So typically when a new patient comes in, you know, it all starts with the history. You know, what is the chief complaint? What's been going on? You know, are do they have seasonal symptoms or is it more year round, itchy, watery eyes, itchy, itchy nose, stuffy nose, congestion? Sneezing usually multiple times in a row post nasal drip or mucus going down the back of the throat You know those are some of the things that kind of make our ears perk up uh, To ask some more questions and typically warrant um, further evaluation such as a skin test Okay,
1: so what all do you test for in the office?
0: So in the office as far as environmental or aero allergens we test for trees grass weeds cat dog cockroach dust mite and mold
1: I think some people don't realize how many tree pollen there is or grass pollen. So is there different pollens that you actually test for?
0: Yes, definitely. And so just for example, uh, in the south, Southeastern United States, there's 11 species of oak. Um, so there's a, plenty of trees, multiple different types of grass, weeds as well. So as far as what we would test for, Uh, We have probably maybe 60 individual things that we would actually test for that are clinically relevant to East Tennessee and surrounding areas.
1: Yeah, and just living in East Tennessee, I feel like so many people are just kind of putting their allergies to the side. They're having symptoms. They're not coming in and getting tested. So what could you tell those patients?
0: Uh, I would really strongly encourage them to come in and get tested. I mean, it's possible that we can help them to where they don't have these allergy symptoms that can make someone miserable or ruin their school or work day and I think that uh, you know as long as there's something that we can do I think it's important that someone can come in and get appropriate workup and treatment to potentially make them symptom free
1: great so for a new patient appointment after they do the skin test what's next
0: so we use that information from the skin test to make a certain recommendation For example, trees pollinate at the beginning of the year, grass in the middle, and then weeds at the end. And so we would go over, you know, what are the most clinically relevant allergens? You might be allergic to dust mite. Dust mite is a a year-round allergen, so it's not so much seasonal. And then we would go over certain environmental strategies to decrease that allergen exposure. For example, with dust mites, you might want to get a dehumidifier to get the humidity level to be below 50%, where dust mites can't necessarily thrive or you can buy dust mite proof encasements that go over the box spring, the mattress and the pillows, and then you put your sheets and pillowcases over top. That helps to seal in those dust mites and also prevents them from getting in. And then also you can wash your bedding and sheets at least once a week in the hottest temperature possible. So I think with some of those environmental control measures mixed with the appropriate medication and dosing and potentially immunotherapy, that can really make a big difference for our patients. Awesome,
1: so whenever you're talking about the avoidance measures after these patients have been avoiding things for a while, they're doing everything right with the dust and making sure that their sheets are clean and everything. How would you go ahead and go into that conversation about going ahead and starting allergy shots if it's not getting better?
0: So typically, uh, you know, I think a great start, especially if someone is not on any medication, is starting a a nasal spray on a scale of one to 10 as far as how well all these allergy medications work, with 10 being the best, the nasal sprays are like a seven or an eight. The allergy pills such as Claritin, allegro zyrtec singular might be a two or a three on that scale so we would look and see if they have any uh, clinical response to some of these more cornerstone treatments of uh, for allergies and if that isn't working uh, then we have this incredible therapy called immunotherapy and it can be either be in the form of sublingual tablets or drops or allergy shots and this can over time change that person's immune system from being like an allergic type of a response to more of a regulatory or protective response, uh, decreasing allergy symptoms or actually making them immune to where they don't have any symptoms at all and decreasing medication use. Now is
1: this done all in the same appointment or how does that work?
0: Um, No it is not. So I like to follow up with my patients pretty regularly until I get them as perfect as possible. Um, and so initially, you'd follow up with someone more frequently. Um, really for me, from the first visit, I'd like to see someone in a couple of weeks. Um, that way it gives them an opportunity to try out the medications, work with their insurance company or the billing department to see what immunotherapy option might be the best for them, uh, and just treat every patient as an individual. Uh, you know, it's not just a one-size-fit-all type thing. Um, but I think that regular follow-up Um, An aggressive treatment at first is the way to go and then after that once a patient is doing well Then we can spread out those those individual appointments Depending on how well they're doing and how
1: often are they coming in for allergy shots? usually?
0: So for allergy shots the average patient comes in maybe twice a week or once a week Uh, My general rule is that someone can come in as often as every other day or as infrequent as once every seven to ten days Just depending on their schedule the more frequently they would come in, the quicker they may get to what's called a maintenance dose, which is just that scheduled dose uh, that they would get for an extended amount of time. And that once that build-up phase is over.
1: Okay, going back to the skin testing, um, I think a lot of misconceptions is that it hurts and mm-hmm. that the pricks are going to hurt them. So, what can you tell us a little bit more in depth about the skin test?
0: So how that whole process works is we take a little plastic toothpick, we dip it in the allergen, which is the thing we think the patient is allergic to, and then poke the back. No one really feels, it doesn't hurt, uh, but you will feel it, okay? And then for what's negative on the back, we do a more sensitive test called an intradermal test, where we take a really tiny needle, put it right underneath the surface of the skin of the arm, put in some of the allergen, and see if the individual reacts. But again, that's only for what's negative on the back.
1: Okay, awesome. So whenever you're telling me about the um, on the back, the scratches on the back, tell me a little bit more about whenever you're doing the blood test, because I know sometimes you do have to have the blood test.
0: So sometimes we will do the blood test in certain situations. It could be that uh, the patient has not stopped taking their oral antihistamine, something like Claritin, Allegra, Benadryl. Uh, and in that situation we cannot do the skin test because it decreases the skin reactivity and obviously if we are gonna do the skin test we want it to be worth the patient's time uh, and also get an accurate reading so sometimes we'll do a blood test in that situation <clears throat> or if the patient's clinical history is you know making me think that this individual is definitely allergic so for example if someone says every single spring I have these symptoms and outside of that I have no symptoms whatsoever but the skin test is negative you know no test is perfect so you could go under the assumption that maybe the skin test had missed that individuals you know possible you know positive allergies and so then we would confirm that with a blood test.
1: Okay so I think a lot of people now are listening and they're thinking okay I could come in for a skin test I can do that because it's Mm -hmm. not going to hurt. So if they are wanting to prepare for their skin test, you mentioned they do need to be off their antihistamines and Benadryl and things like that. Mm -hmm. And what can they do during that time if they're absolutely miserable waiting up until the skin test?
0: I think um, making sure that they're adhering to their uh, medication regimen on a regular basis. A lot of people really only use their nasal sprays or allergy medications on an as needed basis, basis, but These medications work better if they use them regularly even when they're not having symptoms. So I think strict adherence to medications uh, would definitely help with their symptoms.
1: And do you care to tell us a little bit about how to use a nasal spray and what to use?
0: Yeah, sure. So when you use a nasal spray, a lot of people more often than not just want to take that big sniff in to really draw that medication into the nose but what that's actually doing is it's pulling the medication to the back of the throat and actually closing off some of the nasal passages. So the better way would just be to take a light breath in and that way allows the medication to stay some more so in the nose and not get dragged to the back of the throat. Another thing that people need to do uh, to help get the medication where it's supposed to go is you want to typically lean over, put your nose to your toes or your chin to your chest and then you're going to stick the nasal spray into the nostril And then you're going to spray put it in the other side spray and then you're going to maintain that position for 10 to 15 seconds and then that way the medication stays in the nose and doesn't drip down the back of the throat another thing that i usually tell my patients is is that when using a nasal spray it's important to aim away from the septum so the septum is the wall that divides the left side of the nose from the right side and it has a lot of blood vessels in it it's highly vascular And some of the nasal sprays can be irritating to the septum and those blood vessels, causing nosebleeds. It's not a very common problem, but it can happen, which is why why it's important to aim the nasal spray away from the septum. So point it in the left nostril towards the left ear, right nostril towards the right ear.
1: So would you say if someone was not doing it correctly, they're they're not getting the full force and it's not working for them?
0: Definitely, I think so. I mean, that's the conversation that I have with almost every one of my patients uh, before they leave the exam room, is let's well, make sure that you understand how to use your nasal spray. There's been a couple of times where someone has come in, they've been on, for example, Flonase for a number of years, but they've been doing with the cor- incorrect technique. And so once I teach them, kind of go over how to use that nasal spray, they get that benefit and long-lasting effect where they don't have any symptoms, um, and they do a lot better.
1: Okay. Do you care to talk a little bit about venom testing as well? I've heard so many things, and so many people I know personally struggle with that. They're so scared to get stung by a bee, a wasp, or anything like that. I know there's immunotherapy for that Mm -hmm. as well. So, Do you care to talk to us a little bit
0: about that? Sure. So we also do venom or hymenoptera skin testing as well. We can test for fire ants, hornets, yellow jackets, wasp, and honeybee. And that can be very important because some of these reactions can be very serious, and especially during some of the warmer months when all of these insects are out, uh, you know, we see the sting reactions um, pick up. And some of those reactions, like I said, can be very serious and can range from, you know, a large local reaction where there's a lot of swelling or there can be swelling uh, distal to the side of the sting or some can break out in hives or urticaria, which is a skin rash that looks like these red raised kind of welts or it can be more severe than that where the patient's blood pressure might drop and have anaphylaxis. And so those are some of the serious reactions that we want to look into more. And again, that's just for the safety of the patient.
1: Okay, so we've heard everything today all about the next steps for an allergy patient. So Dr. Kalinsky what all offices are you at with the Allergy Asthma and Sauna Center?
0: So I work at a couple of different offices to where I can you know, better assist and, and treat my patients. Uh, I work at the Maryville office. I work at the Garber office. I work at the North Knoxville office. I work over in Johnson City, Tennessee. And then I also work over in Morristown as well.
1: Okay, great. Well, if you want to schedule an appointment with Dr. Kalinske, I know you're booking fast. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing a lot of patients here right before the spring rush. So if you'll just go ahead and look on AllergyASC.com. Dr. Kalinske's bio is on there as well. I know we talked a little bit about that as well. Um, and you have a really great relationship with Dr. Prince. Mm-hmm. I just interviewed him the
0: other day. so. <laughs> oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah, I've known him uh, my entire life. He was actually there the day I was born. So
1: that's how so long I've known him. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Kalinske, for being here. And we'll definitely take those next steps and making sure that we are helping with our allergies.
0: Sure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Clear the Air. Please consider following this podcast and remember... If you want helpful and accurate information about allergies and asthma, our allergy experts are here to clear the air.